Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with author Kate Dyer-Seeley. Her latest novel, Slade on the Slopes, is the second in her Pacific Northwest mystery series. Kate, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to be chatting with you. I'm going to tell a little bit of a story before we get going. I live in Florida. It is sweltering here right now. I was out by the pool over the weekend. It's like 94 degrees. The sun is beating down on me. I'm just sweating like crazy, and I'm reading your fabulous story about Meg being caught in a blizzard, and it was just awesome. The combination <laughs> of being really hot <laughs> and reading the story of of Meg just almost freezing to death was uh, was a lot of fun. You lived vicariously. The snow came to you. I did. It, it cooled me off vicariously, yes, and then I jumped in the pool and <laughs> got hot again. So let's let's talk about the series first. Talk a little bit about the series, the recurring characters, and then we'll get into the storyline for Slade on the Slopes. Sure. Well, I have to interject here. Florida is my birth state. Oh. I was born in Gainesville, so I have some love for are that you a gator and heat. I'm not a gator, but my entire extended family are gators. So okay. I'm sort of vicariously a gator. <laughs> are yes. you a what? Are you a duck? I'm a duck. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm a yes. Buckeye, by the way. Oh, okay. Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we could talk football and go on a whole other tangent. Yes, we could. But we shouldn't do that because we would be the only two interested in that. So. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah. So back to books. So the series, the first book in the series, Scene of the Climb, features a very young journalist, Meg Reed, who is fresh out of college. She has just earned her degree from the U of O, go Ducks, in journalism, <laughs> and thinks that she is going to win a Pulitzer Prize. She wants to be a serious journalist and follow in the footsteps of her father, who worked at the O, Oregon's leading newspaper. However, times are tough for millennials. She can't get a job. Newspapers are shuttering their doors. They're scaling back staff. So she's been couch surfing, hopping onto friends' couches for the last six months, applying everywhere. Coffee shops, it doesn't matter. She just needs any sort of job. She's broke. Mm -hmm. And she has a chance encounter with the editor of Northwest Extreme Magazine, which is one of these outdoor adventure junkie kind of publications. And claims that she is an intrepid adventurer, you know, just this outdoor enthusiast Mm -hmm. uh, to get the job. When in reality, she's a total klutz. She's terrified of heights um, and loves all things pink. So that's kind of the premise that sets her up for going out on assignment for the magazine to all these gorgeous outdoor landscapes that we have here in the Pacific Northwest. And she's... You say she likes pink. She also seems to like vintage clothing. She's a really interesting character. And and as you mentioned, she's really young, I think 23, which in my experience is really young for a cozy protagonist. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it's kind of, um, you know, not fitting that mold of a traditional cozy, which I love writing her as a character. When I was working on the series, I am quite the outdoor lover myself. Unlike Meg, we do a lot of hiking <laughs> and climbing in our family. Mm-hmm. And I live really um, close to Angel's Rest, where the first book takes place in the Columbia River Gorge. And I was kind of, at that time, just noodling around the idea of writing a mystery, and I knew I wanted to write about the outdoors, but I wanted to make it accessible for readers, too. So 
we happened to be at the trailhead and this car pulled up next to us of just burly Oregon hiking men with beards and black Columbia sportswear jackets and hiking boots. And then out of the very back of the car came this young petite woman in her early twenties wearing bright pink hiking boots. (laughs) And she was so out of place with this group of burly Oregon men. So I kind of raced after her on the trail and um, thought like, how, how is she with them? And who is she? And, And the idea kind of spun from there. At that same point in time, the New York times had run a piece about how Portland has become the place where young people come to retire. So explain that. Well, yeah. So there's this whole influx of 20 somethings that have come to Portland because it's a really outdoor centric kind of city and urban and there's just so much to do Mm -hmm. that this whole group of 20 somethings has come, but not really with any aspirations of jobs. So there's this whole kind of counterculture of kids who are just couch surfing and, um, you know, moonlighting as bartenders or baristas so that then they can get outside and hike and kayak and go to the mountains and bike and, um, support their adventure lifestyle, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was just really interesting to write about. And I also think writing about a young character, so Meg is young and she has growth to do for sure over the course of the series. But for me as a writer, it's really just rich development because your 20s are such a time of first, your first love, your first apartment, your first kind of defining yourself in the world outside of your family. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how she grows over the course of the series too. Um, but then she's a little bit of a bumbling idiot on the trail sometimes. <laughs> so and it, it, it made it really fun for me having a more youthful protagonist than, than what I'm used to reading in light mysteries. And so it, I, I was just captivated by her from very early on in the book and this this world that she's in, this outdoor thing. I, you're describing the Portland young person retirement lifestyle. If I was 25, I think I'd be there doing the same thing. It just sounds marvelous. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, you know, instead of having a tea, like some of more traditional movies, <laughs> which I'm a huge fan of the genre, I read uh-huh. everything in it, she goes and meets her friends for a microbrew, a pub uh, stop, which is always, it's very legitimate. That is not embellished at all. You can find a brew pub pretty much at any corner within a two-block radius in Portland. Well, I want to get into some of the similarities between you and Meg a little bit later, but let's let's dive into the storyline for Slate on the Slopes and, and maybe share with, with listeners how the book opens so they could get a sense of what I was going through while I was laying out in the sun. <laughs> yes. So Slate on the Slopes is the second book in the series, and it takes Meg up to the slopes of Mount Hood, which you're talking about being by the pool. Right now, Mount Hood is bare of snow. We've had a very warm summer in the Northwest, so it's so strange to see it without snow, because even in the summer, it's a big mecca for summer ski training mm-hmm. um, on the glacier and everything. So the Meg has beefed up her outdoor skills over the course of the summer. She's trying to become more legitimate, and uh, she thinks that she's going up to Timberline Lodge, which is a beautiful historic national monument um, on the slopes of the mountain, to cover this group of adventure climbers for the weekend. Her vision is that she is going to sit by the warm fireplace and drink a cup of cocoa and take some notes in her notebook. But when she gets up to Timberline, she learns that actually she's going a thousand vertical feet up from the lodge to the Silcox hut, which is only reachable by trekking up a thousand vertical feet by chairlift or by snowcat. And she's terrified of heights. So 
she gets herself up to the Silcox hut in the snowcat, and of course a blizzard strikes. So she is stuck in the lodge with this group of Ridge Rangers, another group of very outdoor athletic um, mountain guides. And she stumbles outside into the blizzard and thinks that she hears gunshots when she's out in the cold. And lo and behold, she's right. No one believes her at first. They just think it's the music or the storm. But nope, she stumbles upon another body. Well, it was a lot of fun just being in that that whole scene and and you know obviously the story evolved and she's in and out and she's out doing things with these adventurous young people it's a lot of a lot of fun to live vicariously through her and i have to say this lodge sounds phenomenal Oh, it's one of my favorite places on the planet. We, uh, My family and I go up every year for Christmas, which is why I knew that I wanted to set the second book there. It is like stepping into a 1950s Bing Crosby movie. It's just <laughs> all of the woodwork was carved by hand, and now because it's been preserved as a monument, they have to follow those guidelines. So I try to weave some details about the history of the lodge into it because I love that. I'm, mm-hmm. I love doing research when I'm working on things, and part of writing this series for me is trying trying to expose readers to the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And you can almost read them a little bit like a travelogue so that when you come, if you go up to Timberline, I hope that, you know, you see all of the things that Meg sees because that part is all real. The murder, not so much, but um, (laughs) locations, absolutely. And it's fun for me as a reader and probably for other readers as well because we're not exposed to the Pacific Northwest that much in novels like this. They they tend to be set in small villages in the east for some reason or other, and we're very seldom taken west. So it's a lot of fun and, and exposed to a lot of different things and this whole microbrew thing and coffee houses and all of that. Uh, it sounds like this is all wrapped around a number of your personal interests as well. Well, I say it's not such a bad gig. I, I do have to go out and do research to make sure I'm really being authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the outdoors. I, I'm kind of a combination of Meg. I'm not in my 20s anymore, for sure. So I'm able to write with some distance to that time period of my life, which I think is helpful, of course. And I love outdoor sports of all kinds, but I, I'm not like a full adrenaline junkie. So that I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm not terrified of heights. I love to hike. I love the outdoors. But I probably wouldn't be, like, paragliding off the side of a mountain. (laughs) Although I do spend a lot of time watching outdoor adventure shows um, when I'm working on Meg, which is really fun. And I spend a lot of time in the location. So, you know, I was out in the Columbia River Gorge and at Angel's Rest and all the trailheads when I was working on the second book. I went up to Mount Hood three or four times when I was working on the third or the second book, Slate on the Slopes. And then um, I'm working on the third book now, which is going to be a windsurfing competition. Yeah, I saw the cover for that. You are, you're covering every season. I really am. And, you know, you talked about the village. So because the Northwest and Portland is such a big area, it's hard to turn that into a village. So what I try to do with each book is center it around whatever sport or location Meg is covering and, and make that kind of her village. Um, which is fun because the village gets to move. Each location is a little different and unique. All right, there's one character that's that's also a little different and unique, and that's Meg's grandmother, who plays sort of a starring role in this book, and I'm guessing that she's a recurring character, and uh, Meg is constantly going to her for advice, but she's just a marvelous character. Yes, so Meg's grandmother, Gam, as Meg calls her, is... 
wise and older. She's in her 70s, but um, has this also very modern kind of edge to her. She's uh, an energy healer, so she kind of is Meg's spiritual um, guidance in the book, too, which I really like that. There is definitely a little bit of an alternative culture here in the Northwest, (laughs) so I like to tap into that because Mm -hmm. there's, I wouldn't say that that is completely the Northwest, but there's an element of that here, so I like weaving that in. And Meg has a contentious relationship with her mother, and that is really going to develop as the series grows and Meg kind of matures, too. But I really love the relationship between the granddaughter and the grandmother and writing that because I think Meg has so much to learn, obviously, from Gam, but the same from Gam. Gam's going to maybe have a little romance in some upcoming (laughs) books, so Mm -hmm. Meg might be a sounding board for her with that. And I just, I like the richness of writing them both as characters. And Gam is definitely kooky, too. You know, she wants to go and hug trees and um, <laughs> commune with nature, all those good things. So she's also going to help Meg develop her outdoor set and, and find ways into nature, too. Interesting stuff. And there, there's a particular scene in the book, doesn't involve Gam, but I, this is a scene that, that just struck me because my wife did this one time. We were up the top of the mountain, and I took her someplace where she shouldn't have been, and she walked down. And there's a scene in the book where Meg is walking down the hill. She's not carrying her skis like my wife did, but she's just walking down the hill because she doesn't ski, (laughs) despite telling everyone she's an adrenaline junkie. Yes, that's so true. I, I loved that visual. I was up at the lodge, and um, I took the chair li- chairlift and snowcat a few times while I was researching it, because there is sort of a climactic scene that takes place on the chairlift, which anyone who's terrified of heights, like, those those are scary, and they move in the wind, and especially mm-hmm. if there's a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. So I was on the chairlift, and Meg, you know, she's always outfitted for the part, so she's got, like, her pink parka and furry <laughs> snow boots and everything, so she looks really good and legitimate, but she has no real skill when it comes to skiing so she's borrowed her friend's skis to bring along so that she looks like she's gonna actually ski but no way she's getting on them or the chairlift really for that matter but I was on the chairlift and watching all these skiers and snowboarders make their way down and I saw in the far distance this woman carrying her skis and walking down I thought oh well of course that's what Meg would do so that was just pure inspiration I was at the right place at the right time that was a fun scene. All right, we, we've talked a little bit about the Pacific Northwest as it relates to the books, and you've talked a little bit about it, but let's give me a couple things about the Pacific Northwest that you particularly love that are unique to that area. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I think um, people are just so warm and kind of open to anything. Anything goes. Like the the culture of the Pacific Northwest is run your own race, do your own thing. Um, so I, I love that. And I don't know exactly how to capture that, but that is embedded. And maybe it's the idea that, you know, there's something in our DNA about uh, the pioneers who had to move west and leave their families and come explore a new land. So that, that idea of exploration is always rich. And then, honestly, I just think the landscapes, it's so impossible to try to put on the page how stunning and how different, you know, from Portland where I live, you can drive an hour and be out in the expanse of Columbia River Gorge with these sheer cliffs and rolling hills and you can drive an hour the other way and be at the coast and then a couple hours farther you're at the desert forest. I mean, there's just, there's so much richness to write about. So um, 
I hope that I get to give people a little glimpse and taste of the beauty that is the Northwest because clearly I'm in love with it. And, and then it, it's an excuse to have to go make sure I'm really clear about all these places, too. Oh, of course. And I, I was so happy to see the cover for the next book, which means your contract was renewed or extended or whatever the right term is with, with your publisher. So congratulations for that. That's exciting for you. And it's exciting for readers to get to, to read more about Meg because she's a fun character. Yes, yeah. Um, there are more Meg books in stores. I mentioned Silenced in the Surf comes out early next year. She's going to be windsurfing, <laughs> and that's a big sport here in the Northwest. She is kind of a water girl, so this could be her sport, but there are huge winds that whip down the Columbia River Gorge, so we'll see about that. And um, the fourth book is going to send her into a mud obstacle adventure race. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Kate, what's the best way for readers to keep up with you and what you're doing with Meg? They can find me online at katedyersealy.com. I'm on Facebook at Kate Dyer Seely Author and on Twitter at Kate Dyer Seely Author. So, yeah, come connect with me at any of those places. All right. I will link to all of those in the show notes. Thanks so much for being with us today. This has been fun. Thanks so much for having me. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you like what we're doing here, the best way to support the show is to pop on over to iTunes and give the show a rating or a review. Those will help other readers find great new books like Slade on the Slopes from Kate Dyer-Seeley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>